Welcome to the latest edition of the Tech UK podcast, and we are delighted to be hosting another episode of the podcast series, The Reskilling Imperative, powered by Salesforce. This four episode series explores how a range of issues relating to the digital skills gap, how do we ensure that the UK workforce has the necessary skills to meet the workforce of today and of the future? How can technology companies ensure an inclusive workforce and support those from underrepresented and marginalized communities prosper? And how can business leaders support the upskilling of their current workforce to ensure that they have the opportunity to continuously develop digital skills? In today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Zara Baralalumi, CEO of UK and Ireland as Salesforce and a member of the Tech UK board. In this episode, we're focusing on the responsibility of businesses and business leaders in relation to the digital skills gap. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Tech UK podcast, Zara. It is a joy to see you in person twice in one week, virtual person, of course. Um, before we begin, though, for everyone else, I know you, but they'd like to know you. It'd be great if you could give us uh, and our listeners a bit of background about your career and your role at Salesforce. I will indeed. And thank you for having me, Jacqueline. And likewise, it's lovely to be here and see you virtually. Hopefully we'll do that in person soon. Um, so a little, very, a very brief intro. You know, I, I uh, uh, am the CEO for Salesforce in the UK and Ireland. Um, and I joined Salesforce in March in uh, earlier this year, so 2021, in the middle of the pandemic, which uh, was a very interesting experience, I must say. Um, and prior to joining Salesforce, I spent 22 years working at Accenture. So when I joined, it was first Anderson Consulting uh, and then later became Accenture. And for the final four of those years, um, I led the technology business for the UK and Ireland. Um, so that gave me a brilliant, you know, foundation, background, backdrop and, and enabled the, the transition uh, to Salesforce. Amazing. I mean, that's such a, an interesting pivot, isn't it? After 22 years into a whole new business. I imagine yeah. the culture is somewhat different. It, it is and it isn't. So there, there are definitely some some similarities and some. Di- I mean, I think the 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 focus on the customer focus and you know the 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 values led uh, you know element of them are are, are very similar. Actually, um, the the culture in Salesforce is very unique. It is the values run very very deep, um, and the, the 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 customer focus I would say is obsessional, which I. <laughs> which I really value and appreciate. Um, and the, the, the philanthropic and giving back kind of ethos that, that exists within, within Salesforce is really very special. Yeah, how lovely. What a great environment and what a great choice. So you mentioned you joined Salesforce uh, in uh, 2021, March. So that's right slap bang in the middle of COVID. And the world has changed fundamentally in the last 18 months with the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, having a dramatic impact 
on yeah. everybody all at the same time yeah. right across the globe what what does the pandemic and its aftermath mean for businesses and the digital economy do you think it means so much actually and i think we're still learning so you know what what do we know we know that covid-19 you know, really did accelerate the digital transformation agenda across actually all aspects of society. It wasn't just the confines of the corporate world. We all became much more digital in terms of getting our shopping, how we, you know, how we booked appointments, every, everything we did, every aspect of our lives, you know, was was digitized in some way, at least, I think. Um, and, and I think what, what that has shone a light on is that we've changed we've all changed the world's changed and we're not going back you know, we're in this work from anywhere world you know we've done things in the pandemic we never conceived of, uh, that we would do remotely um and actually there'll be a you know there'll be a a, a, a redefinition of of things that we take for granted you know we we talk about the fact that remote work we call it remote work and work but actually it's all just going to be work um, you know, e-commerce, we make the distinction between e-commerce and kind of, you know, in-person, it's actually all going to be commerce um, and video meetings will just be meetings. So we're just, we are in this new, this new paradigm. And actually we, we can see that, you know, every company, certainly our customers have to be able to, you know, sell, service, market, collaborate, analyze data, deliver and fulfill from, from anywhere. And, and actually we can absolutely see that, when we look at the economic recovery imperative and we look at how companies can be resilient and survive and thrive, you know, they're the ones that are not just going to snap back into how things are done before they've shifted and how they operate. So I think it's brought it's brought so much um, of digital to our daily lives at a more accelerated pace. And I think what that has enabled us to do is really highlight the fact that digital skills are an imperative for us you know that, that that's I think the biggest thing that, it, that it's kind of the enlightened us all digital skills that that, that we need to, to build and, and, and adapt to, to, to become more resilient so I think you know we can see we've changed we can see that it's shone a light on what we now need uh, and when we look forward uh, you know to the post-pandemic economic recovery and kind of the new way of working for, for you know, certainly our customers, we can see that the changing nature of jobs and the need for digital skills will be there in every industry. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's not just high-level skills or very deep technological skills. It's also how do I fill a form on online? How do I find my payslip, yeah. you know, online? Uh, uh, and and even more basic than that, you know, so I think, as you pointed out, developing digital skills and new skills is absolutely essential in what we're calling a digital first economy. I hope it's not digital only because we, we may leave some people behind. Okay. But what must businesses and business leaders do, do you think, to tackle that digital skills gap? Yeah, because yeah. we can't do nothing, can we? No, we, we can't. And actually, I think. I think we we I feel a sense of urgency uh, and I think we do need urgent action and intervention. And I think, you know, you're absolutely right. It's it's not, you know, necessarily sophisticated digital skills that we need. When you look at, you know, the population, we see that, you know, one in six people have low or no digital skills. That's 12 million, if you think roughly, of our of our population that that are not equipped for some of the things that you just described, you know, filling out forms and 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 other basic things and you know 
we know that by 2030, you know, nine out of 10 people will need to learn digital skills to do their jobs. You know, they're going to need to learn new skills. I had to learn new skills Mm. into Salesforce. I'm not immune just because I work in tech. I had to grasp new tooling, technology, way of working, way of collaborating. Um, And and that that urgency is, I think, there because you quite rightly say we don't want to leave anybody behind. And, you know, we coming into the pandemic, there was already a schism. There was already a, a skills gap. And what we've seen is the pandemic has exacerbated uh, that skills gap. Um, and, you know, we now need to take governments and, you know, businesses like ours need to take urgent action. Um, I don't think it's any one party's responsibility. We've got to work in partnership, but we've all got to, you know, to step up. So if I look at Salesforce, you know, as a leader within Salesforce and, you know, our whole global organisation, you know, we're really committed to, you know, the training and the reskilling imperative and equipping people with the right tools to take on the jobs that, you know, are needed in, you know, the economy for today and tomorrow. And we, you know, we're very privileged. We have a we have an online uh, learning tool called Trailhead, uh, and it takes people from you know low level of technical knowledge uh, or no technical knowledge to to a Salesforce role and a job ready status in you know as little as six months, and that's powerful. And and that's powerful because it's practical, it's digestible, and it supports what I think we need, which is this whole framework and mindset of lifelong learning. Um, so I think you know. The, the call to action is on all of us, but particularly businesses like ours. I think you're right. And something interesting that you mentioned about Trailhead, which is, you know, if it's an online learning tool and it takes you from a low level of technical learning and knowledge to a Salesforce role, that that actually equals employability. Yes. Which is different from just learning, isn't it? Yes, absolutely right. And and it's been really rewarding, you know, when we, you know, we, we interact with our community, you know, very heavily. So it's really rewarding to hear of, you know, real life experiences of individuals that felt hopeless, yeah. displaced out of their, you know, previous careers, and then, you know, have a new lease of life and a whole new career path opened up to them because yeah. of it's really meaningful for us. Yeah. And, you know, one stat that that I've heard is that two thirds of the people that lost their jobs during the pandemic are under the age of 25. So it speaks to your urgency as yes. well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. I, 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 yeah, that that was alarming. I actually wrote that down. You know, you you'd said that before to me uh, just yeah. recently, and I, I, I wrote that down. That I hadn't appreciated that, but it was that that's a shocking stat. Yeah. Yeah. It, it speaks. I mean, it, it speaks to quite a big generational impact um, if we don't take urgent action now. But you know, you've mentioned some of the great work that Salesforce is doing in tackling digital skills gap through Trailhead and so on and closing that digital divide. Why is it important, though, to you as a business leader to be involved in initiatives like this? And, and what would you then say to any business leader wondering how to begin implementing their own initiatives in their own organization mm-hmm. there are a number of ways I can answer that actually I think I think there's there's a personal there's a personal dimension actually Jacqueline for, for, for me on this one when I when I was young very young I made two choices I made two good cho- I made two good choices one was to pursue a career within tech because I, 
I believed it was the future and it would be an empowering and enduring career and would give me options. And the second was a, a pension. So from a personal perspective, you know, that honestly, they're the two, when I think about the two decisions, I that was, they, they, that was it. And, and actually, I think, you know, as an individual, I think we have a responsibility to, to recognise that that there is a bright future and an enduring career within technology, and 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 I say that because it's very personal for me. But to your question around what you know, why why is it important as a business leader? I think, and and what can people consider? I think it is a moral imperative, right? We as business mm. are are accelerating digital transformation. So if I look at the tech organisations, you know, it is a moral imperative to make sure we don't leave people behind. And, you know, at Salesforce, we take that responsibility very seriously. Um, and so I think, you know, companies like ours uh, and actually, by the way, I, I, I make the distinction between tech companies. But actually, the reality is most organizations will be tech, you know, tech driven, tech at the core. So most companies have the responsibility to upskill, you know, current and future workforce to make sure people don't get left behind. But there is also another there's another side effect, if you like, or another impact that I think is really quite worrying and that's the inequality crisis right so and I think we, we talk about when we talked about gender uh, sorry we've talked about the pandemic and skills gap we've looked at age we've looked at gender but actually you know when we look at ethnic minorities in the UK you know there there is also a um, a, a disproportionate negative impact to what we're seeing you know what, what's manifesting and actually you know got a higher risk of uh, financial problems definitely a higher level of of unemployment when you do the comparisons across you know black asian and other minority ethnic groups so i think for us to be an inclusive and vibrant economy we've got to enable and include everybody so as business leaders you know we've got to do our bit we've got to you know promote careers within tech we've got to make them enticing and exciting and utilize them as a, a platform for progression and, and meaningful lifelong learning for, for people especially you know when you look at the minority and uh, and female so I think we've got to do that for everybody but in particular those we've got to make learning accessible and promote the the ease with which people can get to these tools right so you know trailhead i talked about is is bite-sized it's engaging but there are lots of other tools out there that people i'm, I'm not sure are all aware of so we've got to collectively and as as businesses promote that and i think you know we've got to take to play our part in some of the far-reaching programs that kind of transcend barriers we wouldn't normally tap into so for example you know we and again this is just an example so we we had a crm working mums uh, program where we did enable uh, returning mothers to to utilize trailhead to to, to cross train and, and and get career changes that they needed we've also done it with veterans so people in the armed forces have left the armed forces again feeling potentially bereft or not sure which direction they want to take you know we've we've extended our our programs to to vet force so i think there are and that's because it's our strength. We're doing something that is meaningful for us because we know we're and it's good for us. So I think business leaders need to find what they're good at and be authentic to their, you know, their values and, and extend that into some of these. But the last thing I'd, I'd say is that um, when I talk to customers, there's been a very refreshing, loud narrative. 
So, you know, when we talk digital transformation, the, the, the classic narrative has always been, will I get a return on my investment? You know, how, how can I get speed to value? Will it drive me a growth you know, uplift? Does it give me a competitive advantage? They're the classic conversations you have around digital transformation. What's really nice to, to see and hear is as we talk to customers, literally every single one of them are saying, how do I make sure that I extend and build my capability within my organization so that I can get the value from my digital investment and at the same time be a responsible employer and upskill mm. my workforce? So that's been a really refreshing kind of conversation to have. Yeah, and I, you know, I think, you know, on the point about um, inclusion and diversity, I mean, it's certainly true that if we are going to thrive in our digital future, we have to ensure that all of our voices are heard when it comes to designing, building, implementing, testing the tech, because if we don't, we risk creating a world for the few and not for the many. And that that's the bit that I really worry about. And I know you do too. Yes, very much so. And I say this as a person that, you know, and I've seen that firsthand. I, I say this as a person that went into a service station and put my dark darker hand under a soap dispenser and it didn't dispense the soap because the use case had not tested for a darker skin. Oh, my goodness. I, so and, and, you know, I've done a lot of work in the AI space and just some of the I know we're going off. Yeah. But, but, you know, just 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 some of the, the the outcomes from some of the models that that had unfettered or uncurated data, some of the outcomes yeah. generated were quite scary. And it's really real. It has real impact, doesn't it? And, and we have to make sure that the data sets that are being used are clean data sets. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And reflect society. I mean, it's, it's mad crazy. But here we are, advocates for diversity and inclusion all day long. And yeah, it's not nothing. Um, no. And we, we continue that battle. Um, but on to the current ones on skills. So one of the challenges associated with bridging the skills gap, though, is that many people have their own idea of themselves that they aren't actually a tech person in inverted commas or or that they're not capable of developing digital skills so what are your thoughts on that and and how can business and business leaders bring those who don't necessarily see a place for themselves into our digital economy yeah. Well, again, this is very personal for me, and I'll tell you why in a second. But I think just immediately to your question, you know, we we as 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 businesses, we have to we have to um, help with the transparency of the full spectrum of what a role or a career within tech can really be. It's not just a you know hands-on engineering coding. Actually, there's a much broader spectrum of career opportunities within tech. And you know, it's our responsibility to showcase and illustrate that so we can excite people about those, those future possibilities. And also at the same time, you know, to my earlier point, really highlight how accessible digital skills can be. You know, and of course I've talked about uh, Trailhead, but lots of people think that they are barred from technology because they don't have the, you know, the formal digital education. You know, they didn't do computer science at school, for example. I am proof that uh, that you can succeed within tech without a technology education. You know, I was more creative. I was a creative at school. You know, I, that, that I'll, 
technology, the, the, the extent of my technology education at school was how to be a great word processor. You know, it was like, you know, I don't even think Microsoft Word was even then at the time, was even around at the time. So, you know, it was a terrible, it was a terrible kind of foray into technology. And it was only when I started work that I made the conscious effort. I really do need to learn and upskill here. And we didn't have Google then, you know, it was, it was books and it was, you know, coding on the job and it was painful. And, and, I'm, and, and what I'm happy to say is that entry into tech is so much easier now than it was even for me, you know, 20, 20 or 23 years ago. So you don't need a formal ed education. You just have to have a, 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 a willingness to, to try to feel uncomfortable and to explore what resources are available. You know, I did it literally a keyboard at a time. Um, and tech is such a brilliant gateway to so many jobs, you know, and, and I, if I think about, I mean, just to highlight some, you know, there's, there's, there's HR, there's, there's marketing, there's design, there's, you know, there's, there's just a range of, of, of options available. And they will all need, however, digital proficiency. Right. They're, even those roles need a level of digital proficiency. And so, you know, what's really fascinating, actually, just going back to Trailhead, we saw a 50 percent increase in, in the uptake of marketing modules over this past year. So that, I thought that was quite a, an interesting stat. So, you know, people are people are embracing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting, isn't it? And I I, I think exploring. Um, just scratching the surface might give people a little bit of confidence. And I, you know, I'm a, a language and business degree holder, so I, I didn't go into tech either, but I upskilled too. Yeah. Um, but only, I think it's confidence, actually, isn't it, more than anything else? Yeah, it, it, it is confidence. And I have to say, when I was learning coding for the first time, Jacqueline, I didn't feel very confident. I felt like <laughs> everybody else knew more than me. And, and actually... I think you just realize through that process that you start to uncover that actually it really isn't rocket science. Yeah. And, you know, if you take it a step at a time yeah. and you realize that you know, there isn't one single person that has encyclopedic, I mean, of course there are maybe, but they're very rare, you know, encyclopedic knowledge of tech. And actually you kind of build your own path and you, you kind of make your own way and you develop your own skills and expertise and actually what is really brilliant about tech is that tech in of itself is not the differentiator from a career perspective it's what you bring to it it's the creativity you bring to it it's the judgment you bring to it it's how you make it real and relevant to humans and and businesses so it's all of the other skills around tech that really do differentiate an individual within technology as a career it's such a great point and applied technology really matters and I love the idea that it's what you bring yes. so it's the one plus one equals 11 isn't it which I think is lovely um, and there's there's a huge role for industry and government to play in raising awareness of the opportunities available to everybody who can learn and develop digital skills Zara it has been absolute pleasure speaking to you and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and all your experience and your views with our audience so we leave it there and uh, very gratefully Zara thank you for your time at the Tech UK oh, podcast my pleasure thank you for having me